0: Meeting opposition. Our ministers and teachers are to represent the love of God to a fallen world. With hearts melted in tenderness, let the word of truth be spoken. Let all who are in error be treated with the gentleness of Christ. If those for whom you labor do not immediately grasp the truth, do not censure, do not criticize or condemn. Remember that you are to represent Christ in his meekness and gentleness and love. We must expect to meet unbelief and opposition the truth has always had to contend with these elements but though you should meet the bitterest opposition do not denounce your opponents they may think as did paul that they are doing god's service and to such we must manifest patience meekness and long suffering let us not feel that we have heavy trials to bear severe conflicts to endure in representing unpopular truth Think of Jesus and what he has suffered for you, and be silent. Even when abused and falsely accused, make no complaint. Speak no word of murmuring. Let no thought of reproach or discontent enter your mind. Take a straightforward course, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. First Peter 2.12 you should conduct yourself with meekness toward those who are in error. For were you not you yourself recently in blindness in your sins? And because of the patience of Christ toward you, should you not be tender and patient toward others? God has given us many admonitions to manifest great kindness toward those who oppose us, lest we influence a soul in the wrong direction. Our life must be hid with Christ in God. We must know Christ personally then only can we rightly represent Him to the world. Let the prayer constantly ascend, Lord, teach me how to do as Jesus would do were He in my place. Wherever we are, we must let our light shine forth to the glory of God and good works. This is the great important interest of our life. Subheading, Wisdom in Condemning Wrong The Lord wants His people to follow other methods than that of condemning wrong even though the condemnation is just. He wants us to do something more than to hurl at our adversaries' charges that only drive them farther from the truth. The work which Christ came to do in our world was not to erect barriers and constantly thrust upon the people the fact that they were wrong. He who expects to enlighten a deceived people must come near to them and labor for them in love. He must become a center of holy influence. In the advocacy of truth, the bitterest opponents should be treated with respect and deference. Some will not respond to our efforts, but will make light of the gospel invitation. Others, even those whom we suppose to have passed the boundary of God's mercy, will be won to Christ. The very last work in the controversy may be the enlightenment of those who have not rejected light and evidence, but have been in the midnight darkness and have in an ignorance worked against the truth. Therefore, treat every man as honest, Speak no word, do no deed, that will confirm any in unbelief. If anyone shall seek to draw the workers into debate or controversy on political or other questions, take no heed to either persuasion or challenge. Carry forward the work of God firmly and strongly, but in the meekness of Christ and as quietly as possible. Let no human boasting be heard. Let no sign of self-sufficiency be made. Let it be seen that God has called us to handle sacred trust. Preach the word. Be diligent, earnest, and fervent. The influence of your teaching would be tenfold greater if you were careful of your words. Words that should be a savor of life unto life, May by spirit which accompanies them, be made a savor of death unto death. And remember that if by your spirit or your words you close the door to even one soul that soul will confront you in the judgment. Do not, when referring to the testimonies, feel it your duty to drive them home. In reading them, be sure not to mix in your filling of words, for this makes it impossible for the hearers to distinguish between the word of the Lord to them and your words. Be sure that you do not make the word of the Lord offensive. We long to see reforms, and because we do not see that which we desire, an evil spirit is too often allowed to cast drops of gall into our cup, and thus others are embittered. By our ill-advised words, their spirit is chafed, and they're stirred to rebellion. Every sermon you preach, every article you write, may be all true. But one drop of gall in it will be poison to the hearer or the reader. Because of that drop of poison, one will discard all your good and acceptable words, Another will feed on the poison, for he loves such harsh words. He follows your example and talks just as you talk. Thus the evil is multiplied. Those who present the eternal principles of truth need the holy oil emptied from the two olive branches into the heart. This will flow forth in words that will reform but not exasperate. The truth is to be spoken in love then the Lord Jesus, by His Spirit, will supply the force and the power. That is His work. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 6, pages 120 to 123. Subheading, How to Deal with Objections. Time and strength can be better employed than in dwelling at length upon the quibbles of our opponents who deal in slander and misrepresentation. While precious time is employed in following the crooks and turns of dishonest opponents, the people who are open to conviction are dying for want of knowledge. A train of senseless quibbles of Satan's own invention is brought before minds, while the people are crying for food, for meat, and due season. It takes those who have trained their minds to war against the truth to manufacture quibbles and we are not wise to take them from their hands and pass them out to thousands who would never have thought of them had we not published them to the world. The plan of Christ's teaching should be ours. He was plain and simple, striking directly at the root of the matter, and the minds of all were met. It is not the best policy to be so very explicit and say all upon a point that can be said when a few arguments will cover the ground and be sufficient for all practical purposes to convince our silence opponents. You may remove every prop today and close the mouths of objectors so that they can't say nothing, and tomorrow they will go over the same ground again. Thus it will be over and over because they do not love the truth and will not come to the light lest their darkness and error should be removed from them. Christ's ministry lasted only three years. But a great work was done in that short period. In these last days, there is a great work to be done in a short time. While many are getting ready to do something, souls will perish for lack of light and knowledge. If men who are engaged in presenting and defending the truth of the Bible undertake to investigate and show the fallacy and inconsistency of men who dishonestly turn the truth of God into a lie, Satan will stir up opponents enough to keep their pens constantly employed all the branches of the work will be left to suffer. We must have more of the spirit of those men who are engaged in building the walls of Jerusalem. We are doing a great work and cannot come down. If Satan can keep men answering the objections of opponents, thus hindering them from doing the most important work for the present time, his object is accomplished.